Well, it's a dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense. Trying to tangle with us, scoop up a big black booties in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money to search. Ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, One of those internet glitches. That's what we call in Australia a Turnbull. How many Turnbulls per minute? Doesn't he have like, isn't he rent sinking up in fucking, up in Glasgow? Sort of oh, saying. Jesus Christ, man. Like, what, what, what the, 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 the fuck? How are you helping? The, How is this helping? The dude, the dude talks more than he did when he was prime minister. Well, I, I just saw that fucking John Key's on the, uh, on the, the seven o'clock, the project, the New Zealand version of the project, sort of railing against the government's policies on, on you know, on my queue and all that sort of stuff because the actual opposition are doing such a shit job. He's like, well, I'll fucking, I'll, I'll come out of retirement I'll and I'll have, do it. I'll have a crack. He can, he can fuck off. He fucking retired. He walked out on the gig. He can fuck off. Yeah. Anyway, look, it was turning out to be quite a depressing day and then Shay, my, my new best friend, SGA just just absolutely made my day. I just uh, such delightfulness. You don't have but, the thunder in the winds pool. I, do. I don't care. Look, I don't care. I do My not care. God, but, your le- your level of of Lakers hate is at ridiculous levels, and this probably has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that the Suns are absolutely uh, shitting the bed yet again from an institutional point of view. Uh, and we'll have exactly nothing done to them uh, because they won't be able to find a bit of nice audio that they can play on Sports Centre that, that makes him sound like that that points out what a fucking idiot racist he is. Uh, the owner of your well, uh, your basketball club, uh, I mean specifically. And the- Sava also lacks Sterling's ridiculous level of arrogance, whereby you know Sterling dug his own grave by then going on to like Anderson Cooper's show and, and you know digging the grave even friggin' deeper. Sava's not going to do that. No, you would think that if um, such audio existed, TMZ would already have it. You know that that stuff does not stay hidden if it's out there. Um, yeah, it's it's really depressing. It really is. Like I, I started listening to um, Raj Bell's podcast this afternoon, and I got like six minutes in and just had to turn it off. It just sounds he just sounds like a rancid human being. Like, and, and Raj is like. Look, I've got no stories that are, you know, stories that would get someone fired. They're just stories that make him seem like a really crap person that you would not ever want to work for, but you sort of have to because he's one of the 32 owners in the NBA. another rich racist asshole in Trump's America. Mm. And this is still Trump's America because, you know, the the normalization of being a a massively racist rich asshole has been, been, you know, stabilized under, under his regime, so- and because he'll be back, that cunt. Well, um, <laughs> balls podcast three three. Yeah, so so I, I was in quite a quite a hole of like what what is good about basketball. None of my wins pools teams are doing particularly well. What's good about basketball um, is is me being uh, fucking forty seven points or something or other. That's that's what that's what. Say, how, how, how many? Oh, yeah, okay, forty seven. So I'm forty seven and thirty six. 
And you guys um, are under 500, or as it's normally referred to, uh, the back half of the Western Conference. The, the the interesting thing is, and like this is sort of a wins pool thing, but also just an NBA thing, is that this season is weird as fuck. Um, Scoring is down. Apparently, that's all all the fault of uh, the parent company yeah. of of Spalding and Wilson, who uh, apparently you know taking off the the Spalding sticker and writing Wilson on the balls apparently is enough to make people miss miss their shots because elite sportsmen are fucked in their head, I guess. Yeah. Like the 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 seventy six the Celtics are were looking like what I thought the seventy sixes were like this dysfunctional you know people coming out in the media and having a crack at their teammates and players only meetings and all that jazz the seventy sixes is just quietly rolling along quite well I know that it turns out really it's much easier when played you- any. Well, they just have to. They had to. Well, they've had to play the Bulls and a few other teams that are, that are decent. But mm. um, it's much easier when you can all team up against a common enemy, and that enemy, of course, is, yeah. <laughs> is Ben Simmons. Um, weird how Ben Simmons doesn't want to share the the progress of his private mm. mental health uh, consultations with the doctors from the toxic employer who's trying to destroy his life. It's really weird. Yeah, but, I, I, but- I, <laughs> that's like briefing against him daily. Oh, it's yeah, just, look. I'll- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'll hand over the fucking the, the transcripts of my 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 mental health uh, treatment with my with the union's doctors because I can't trust your fucking medical stuff. Mm. <sighs> and it, everyone it who's looked- every fucking media guy goes, oh, you know, he, he's, he's just proving how flaky he is and all this sort of stuff. How many of these fucking people would would be you know letting the em- employment fucking uh, counselor? At their work, go and go and report back to the boss with with all the fucking issues that you've got. Absolutely not. But apparently, it's all right because um, these people are slaves. They just they, they, you pay for their you pay for their body and soul. It's not just a workplace. Look on a positive side, the fucking rookies this year are huge amounts of fun. Like Mobley, yeah, Josh Giddy was brilliant today, and he won't win rookie of the year because there's too many too many other good ones. No, no, like um. Uh, the Rockets kid looks like he's going to be, you know, just just ice cold veins. Uh, Mobley looks awesome. Um, Suggs in um, the other? Uh, Suggs in uh, the Magic has been decent. Cade Cunningham had a bit of a rough start, but it, but you know, it's starting to play better. Uh, it played, played oh, the, pr- pretty the, well today um, in the in the game against Seventy uh, Sixers. The Pistons played. The, the Raptors guy. Yeah, Scotty Barnes. Uh, before he hurt his thumb, Scotty Barnes, he's been looking really good. It's the old rule of, you know, it takes two or three years for these guys to find their feet unless they're, you know, absolutely something special. Does, doesn't – I don't know whether it's the training that they get in between leaving college or whether they're just a little bit more mentally mature and ready for it, but it seems every year that th- these guys come in – Either willing to do the work or better prepared. I, I, better I just prepared. don't know what it is, but better prepared. Yeah, I think that's got a lot to do with it. Um, but geez, the, there was a pass that Giddy threw today um, mm. in, down the stretch when they were running down the Lakers. He basically yeah. just hurled it like a quarterback diagonally across court to the opposite baseline, um, and, and for, for the dude to, to drain a three, and it was like. Fucking hell! And there were there were more than one American NBA fucking podcaster expecting this guy to be out of the league in in six months. So yeah, um, this is probably doing more for the for the profile of the NBL as a, as a development league than even Lamelo mm. because yeah, you know, um, um, Giddy was there, really there was good. A great in- little 
a great little supercut from one of the Thunder beat writers because, of course, you know I'm interested in Giddy, so I'm following all the Thunder beat writers this year, and. It was just uh, they were saying, you know, the same sort of thing. Like, you know, this guy's passing is next level. Have a look at all these passes. So they're showing this highlights package of passing, and of the person he's passing to, absolutely fucking up the shot. And yeah. I'm like talking layups and little easy cuts and stuff, and they're just like fumbling the ball or you know off the side of the backboard. And it's just like the dude's leaving like four assists a game out there because yeah. his, some of his teammates are just not up to scratch. They're just not expecting to get the ball in that position. But like everyone thinks that Presti's running this shell game right. But if, if he does have two really good players in Gideon SGA and another like solid, uh, you know, third, fourth, Sort of level NBA player in Dort, then he Dort's can start Dort, pulling eh? the trigger. He can start pulling the trigger on some tra- like you know trading some picks and 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 role players to to build like a Memphis style. Um, you know, get a couple of veterans in with these young. Like if he gets one more young guy this draft, uh, you know, I'll be quite happy if they go four wins against the Lakers and lose to everybody else. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Well, they don't. They don't have the feel of that desperate stench of losing. Everyone's losing the plot the way that the the process sixes did. Uh, no, it looks get, like they're trying. They, they've lost a couple of games by three or four down the stretch as well. Yeah, well, it, at the start of the start of the season, they were losing games by thirty odd, and now they're just losing yeah. games like they're competitive in games all the way through. And mm. and when LeBron was out, I thought, fuck, that game's going to be a game that that will come down. That that'll come down down on the stretch of the thunder might steal it, and that's exactly what fucking happened. Um, yeah, that look, they look like they're trying, and, and even the rockets, the yeah. rockets look like they're trying. And their uh, coach, um, th- who I can't remember the name of, but I think I could, it's something French. Daniel uh, was the oh the thunder coach. Yeah, yeah, he's got a weird weird name that just never sticks in my memory. Yeah, yeah, he's doing a good job for a guy who neither of us can remember the name of. Mind you, we were like that but, with Taylor like, Jenkins last year. We ended like, what's the Memphis coach's name? Yeah, Jenkins is a lot easier to remember. He, you're right. He always well. Also, and out. Jenkins, Jenkins looks like a looks like a, a Memphis Grizzly. He's kind of this short man with a beard. He kind of looks like a, he's starting to look like the mascot <laughs> of the team. So, yeah, the the Thunder coach sounds like he should be a member of the Three Musketeers. That's all I. Or he should be I the can remember his- starting forward on the Montreal fucking Canadiens or something. <laughs> The Western Conference looks like this with Utah and Golden State one and two. Uh, glorious mm. little Dr. Yobo hats next to them. Uh, Utah seven and one. Got another good win today against uh, against the uh, the Atlanta's. And Golden Sans State. Donovan. Yes, Sons Donovan, uh, which is which is you know without Donny, so that, that that's a pretty fine achievement. Um, Golden State are, are Six and one, and their only loss has been to the Grizzles, I think. The, the and, Ma- and Dubs have been back playing the sort of basketball you want to watch. Yeah, and still have their three draft picks that aren't key pieces of the side that they could trade for another piece. Aren't on the court. Another well, two, uh, another two pieces. Camavinga and I think Moses Moody's played a bit, but um, yeah. they haven't done much with them. Dallas is third and, and, and equal with Memphis, and so the, five and three. Dallas, I keep thinking the, you're in crisis. You know, the way they're playing and the way that they're conducting themselves, they never look like they're doing that well, but they're 5-3. and three. They somehow managed to, to win more games than they've lost. Is Porzingis being out injured, though, helping them? <laughs> I sort of feel like 
the three losses that they or two of the three losses they had was when he was in the side and they were you know feeding him post ups and trying to run bits of the game through him and as soon as he goes out and it's just like Luca and everybody else around him, uh, suddenly it looks a lot better. Um, you know may- maybe they're better off going the Bucks method of you know we have this one focal point and we just build role players around him instead of trying to find the second superstar. I mean, to be fair, they haven't really played anybody. I mean, they got, they got, mm. I think the problem is that I think everyone remembers them getting absolutely walloped by the Hawks on the first night. And then they had another game where they got absolutely towed by the Nuggets, uh, at, at the end of the first week. But, uh, but I mean, most of the teams they've beaten have been like Rockets, Spurs, um, Spurs twice, actually. Yeah. And they got a win against the Kangs. So they haven't really had the tougher sheds. Uh, schedule so far, um, yeah, and that's so, not likely to the change. La- the, they've got they've got the Pelicans on Tuesday. The the Lakers have had just an absolute powder puff of a schedule, which is worrying for them, considering that they're not looking that flash and they haven't really played anyone decent. Well, that's why I mean that's why LeBron's taking the next week off. You know, I think he's it, they're not they're not in any way bothered. I mean, the the only they they're happy to cruise, and the only person who really needs to worry is Adam because he. As he said when he picked, picked him, him, I don't want to pick him because I reckon they might just they might just cruise again, and that's exactly what they're fucking doing. Mm. The Clippers righted the ship a little bit this week after looking like they'd be a lottery team, nah, which is still, funny because they don't be- have any lottery picks. They're still below five hundred, yeah. So Dallas and Memphis are five and three, and then your Phoenix Suns are four and three. Got a, a win against the Houston's, which they absolutely should have done anyway. The Lakers are five and four, um, which is a score. Um, Denver are four and four and don't look wonderful. They, they play. They played a lot of a lot harder schedule. Though, I would say they, they have. They did. They have had to play um, Utah once or twice. I think from memory. Uh, and but, the Grizz also in four and four are the Sacramento Kings, and they they have given me a lot of joy to watch because they you know those four wins have been fun wins. Uh, the four losses, meh. but uh, they're in they're in pretty much every game they take part in, which is kind of cool. Mm. Look, they're in, they're in the mix, and you would have to say, like, if you look at the teams below them, the Clippers, the Timber Pups, the Trailblazers, and and then the Thunder, um, like th- those teams aren't necessarily going to make huge runs for the ninth, tenth spot, and that's all the Kings really want. You know, the Kings just want a playing game. I think, don't, don't you reckon? That's their. If, if the Kings go five hundred the-, the rest of the way, they'll be around eighth, and that would be mm. delightful. But they've, I mean, they've had they've had a lot of like they've they they beat the Trailblazers close, they beat um, the Suns close, uh, they narrow they've narrowly lost to uh, the Jazz, uh, they've beaten the Pelicans twice fairly comfortably, so it's been um, you know they they're, they're competitive in in every game they play and and they actually are reasonably fun to watch with the they, they just they just throw more guards at the problem like they're just running just all guards all the time which is just kind of fun. Uh, yeah, f- f- Fox and Donovan is like a you know, no Donovan, like the, no, Donovan's the, younger younger fella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one, the, Mitchell D- Donovan Junior. Oh, Mitchell Junior, not Donovan. Yeah, yes. not Donovan Junior. <laughs> two, two last names. Yes, <laughs> last names. Oh, Don dear, Mitchell. Been a long week. Um, but yeah, Mitchell Mitchell Junior and Fox are like sort of you know the opposite. Polar opposites of each other, you know. One likes to one likes to run, run and attack, and the other one likes to pester the person that does like to run and attack all the way down the other end of the court. Yeah, 
And then um, you got Halliburton, you got Heald, you got lots of um, lots of fun there, lots of good stuff there. Mm. How, uh, how but, much of a sliding do- doors moment though is is Heald to uh, the Lakers and those sort of extra bit parts to to the Kangs? What would they to have give got, them a little bit more depth? What would they have got back? They, they would have got the same package, I think. They would have got the same package that the Wizards got. Maybe definitely what? Kuzma. And um, KCP and KCP, so they would have got a couple of good defenders. Maybe Harrell. Yeah, uh, Wizards are doing okay too, but we'll uh, we'll mm. worry about them in a second. Um, yeah, Clip Clippers are three and four. Minnesota are three and four, which is better than they might be expecting to play. Although I don't think they've played anybody particularly scary. They oh, they did beat the Bucks because the Bucks have had a really interesting start of the year. Portland are three and five, and they're outside the ten. Okay, see so at two and six, and that's higher than you'd expect them to be. Equal with the Spurs, and then Houston are one and seven, and the Pelicans are one and eight. Turns out it wasn't all Stan Van Gundy's fault. Weird. Well, I heard a really good theory this week about uh, Zion's not taking the qualifying offer now. If he's had a Jones fracture, like this is his third surgery, and he's two years in, he's got to take. He's that not money. taking the qual. He's going to take the money. Stop treating him like he's fucking, you, you know, say you, you're you going to be here for, you know, at least another four years. Fuck off all your family members that are pissing us off. Let's stop making these panic trades and actually start building sustainably like we've got him for five years. To- yeah, they're, they're such a weird side. Griff only knows and, how to and- panic, panic build a team. That's all he knows. Yeah. Remember all those all those Cavs teams he built, you know, just out of on the fly, on yeah. the fly in panic trades on the trade deadline. Uh, he did it over and over again. Some of them worked, and some of them had fucking Larry Nance on them. So you know, <laughs> they didn't all work. Uh, over in the East, uh, Philadelphia and Miami are one and two. Again, lovely to see those two Doctor Yobo hats one and two in the league. I'm so going to be insufferable that, for as long as this lasts, folks. So yeah, I was going to say that that that, Mi- that Miami Heat uh, win total might slide. Didn't didn't uh, Lowry hobble off the court today? Yeah, I although they they about that. Ah, uh, well, Lowry probably dislocated his huge ass. Um, <laughs> they'll be fine. Heat culture and all that sort of stuff. Chicago have sustained. Uh, yeah. As we we're talking about with Adam Impressive. last week, um, they had a, they've got a run of much tougher games coming up. And they uh, they did okay in the first, you know, they they beat the beat Utah and and so they've kind of kept the momentum going. So uh, it's like that the, the strong start they had it has kind of helped them uh, keep propelling through. Toronto, Toronto after mm, a terrible start, Raptors. really good, really good run to to six and three. Turns out coaching matters. It does, except when you do it. <laughs> Brooklyn are five and three, which proves coaching doesn't matter. Uh, all you have to do I is just give like, the ball uh, to the dudes. I did like Adam's uh, continuation of, of using personal anecdotes to illustrate a point. That was nice. Oh, yeah. We, to- we get rid of you talking about touch footy and we get Adam's fucking teenaged great <laughs> cricket. Stories. You turn into an episode of the Great Cricketer Podcast. <laughs> Oh, I could, I could hear, I could well, hear you rolling. The funniest part is I've been hearing those stories for fucking thirty years. Yeah, at least my stories are new. <laughs> to not, <laughs> to not you, to, anyway. Not, no, they're not. They're just, they're just new to the audience. Um, Brooklyn and Washington and New York, New York, Bing Bong, uh, are all five and three. Yeah, the, the 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 New York optimism is. Has waned slightly. Yeah, still I five feel. and three. Like, they're, they're fine. They're five and three, but like I think 
There was there was like we're a top two team sort of optimism. No, no, there was you know, absolutely insane Knicks fans outside the garden <laughs> energy, and that I wouldn't take those people as being representative of Knicks fans, but I would take them as being mm. representative of New Yorkers. Double fucking overtime! What the fuck, baby? New York is fucking back. Knicks are here, baby. The Knicks are fucking here, baby. Fresh out the garden, baby. We're taking it all the way. We had De Blasio, we had Cuomo. It was rough shit, but we have the Knicks. Done New York Knicks run New York City. <laughs> Bing bong. Tell me a little something, KD. Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? Let's go Knicks. Let's go Knicks. Let's go Knicks. Let's go, Nick! Real talk, I'm from New York, and you know what? Tom Brady's a fucking bitch! Yeah. Fuck Tom Brady, yo! Fuck Tom Brady! Where the bread at, Tom Brady? I need some bread, nigga, he owe me! Fuck Boston! <laughs> yo, you thought Trey Young was still good? He still ain't good at Dyke, man! You smoking on that Boston pack tonight, you right? Fuck Trey Young! Fuck Trey Young! Fuck Trey Young! Fuck Trey Young! <laughs> but the, the East is like what? Five to twelve is like a win. The all the all the top ten are all um, are all above five hundred. Yeah, D- and down to Milwaukee, yeah, it's, it's at four and four, which ten. Which, which is pretty insane. But I mean, there's plenty. There's so many teams in the East. You just think, wow, that's cool. The Washington being five and three, Cleveland being five and four, um, mm. and Charlotte start made you think they were better than five and four. They may um, they. They may improve because I think they're probably a better basketball team than that. I don't know what's going on with the Bucks. It's almost like they put out the big statement on the first night, and now they've just kicked the clutch in. Oh, they've had they've had a lot of injuries and a few COVID a few yeah. COVID things. Like the Hawks are the ones that worry worry me. Like everyone's healthy. Is it because those young guys? Boston are- and the Hawks are both four and five. I mean, this is a small sample size yeah. still, um, but they're both yeah. you know four and five and currently out of the uh, out of the play-ins. Mm. Indiana have been largely horrible, but they're still there at three and six. Again, I think Levert's played one game. Uh, there's someone else that's pl- that, like hasn't still hasn't played. That, like uh, I, I expect them to be in in the in the that nine, ten, eleven range come the end of the year, just because I think they'll grind away. Like they'll just win. They'll win those Tuesday night games that no one wants to win, sort of thing. Well, there's nothing else to do in Indiana, I suppose. Orlando and Detroit mm. are terrible, but that's kind of what you'd expect them to be. It was it was good to see that the the Celtics needed to have a uh, players only meeting in order to get their shit together enough to beat the Magic. Well, yeah, that's what I said. If you can have a players only meeting, have it before the Magic, so it looks like the players have righted the ship, not the coaching staff. Yeah, <laughs> like like don't do it before you're going to play. You, you know, Utah. Yeah. Uh, Miami. Although, if you are going yeah. to play Miami, just make sure you're playing them in those fucking awful ransom note jerseys. I mean, it can't be a yeah. it can't it can't be a fucking coincidence that Miami got absolutely towed because they were wearing jerseys with lettering torn out of Women's Day. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. I think it was Bleacher Report did a ranking of the jerseys, and I'm like, any ranking that doesn't have Miami last is just a travesty. Yeah. I don't care who you have first and who you have right, but Miami is last. That is the worst. And it's worse because they went from having the best city jersey yeah. ever. Like I would like one of those four seasons jerseys. in a row. They basically just just yeah. kept doing different variations on the Vice City, and every single one of them worked. Yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 that that small sample size theater, but 
Like the Bulls look legit, eh? The trends seem to be sticking, yeah. Chicago look like they genuinely are a thing. Miami yeah. are genuinely a thing. The, the 76ers are sustainable for as long as Embiid is. Although, you know, they but, they, they mm. played really well without um, without Embiid and, and yeah. Harris against um, yeah. Portland. And by the same token, some of these trends are on the other side, Portland don't look good. Um, you know, the Lakers need to be worried. Mm. The, the Lakers, yeah, I, don't, I don't know because – how are the Lakers going to trade for shooters to just put around a LeBron AD pick and roll? Because they're not. They, they're just going to try and that? get more out of Kendrick Nunn, who was an excellent shooter yeah. when he was at Miami. Yeah, and that, and the fact is that if the ball ends up anywhere near Russ in the last two minutes of the game, it doesn't matter what shooters you've got out there because Russ is going to dribble it and shoot it for himself anyway. That wasn't even a um, shot that he did in the last minute in that game. It was just a basic. I don't know what he did to it, but he just sort of shot put it at you know diagonally out of play. It was he just completely lost the handle. Yeah, and especially because Washington look like their depth that they got from the Lakers mm. is really helping them sort of, you know, because Beal hasn't played that well, um, and yet they're still, you know, it's the spread of talent across the board that's been keeping them in in, in games. True, um, but they're, they're never going to be a – their ceiling is – where they are, sixth in the east, I think. Yeah, six, six, but six, seven, six, seven's a win for them, I think. Yeah. Like that, that would probably keep Beal happy, yeah, but and that, they've got young guys that they can build on. The potential with the Lakers is that if if they get it to work, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a much better team. Mm. At least that's the theory. Yeah, isn't the, it? the the difference between someone like the Wizards and the Hornets is you can still expect large amounts of growth from Bridges and and Lamelo and. You know they've got some young players yep. that are are going to going to get better over time. Yeah, like same with the Cavs, uh, even the Knicks, the Raptors. You would say there's still growth in their in their roster. Um, you know the Heat are, are basically getting growth out of um, Tyler Hero. Yeah, the Bulls obviously have a bunch of young guys that they're getting growth out of. Um, the Wizards, like I know they have some young guys, but they're not in their yeah. top four or five players. So. They're just they're just going to put together just put together a reliable workman like team and I'm just of, of mm. relative veterans and uh, just trying to achieve. Hey, uh, I, I quickly wanted to talk about the T20 World Cup because, like, I, I sort of roll my eyes at a T20 World Cup, right? Because I sort of feel like T20 is more a a big bash or an IPL style sport. You know, it just seems to fit that club dip in, dip out. Um, uh, you know, feeling more than a, a World Cup. You know, I, I don't know. It just doesn't. It just doesn't feel serious enough for a World Cup. But holy fuck, when when you get teams like Pakistan dominating and India, um, you know, India struggling, <laughs> all of a sudden it just. To be fair, it wouldn't matter what the sport was with those two. They could be playing fucking playing thumb wars. And it would yeah. still turn into a uh, an international incident. Yeah, if we end up with an England, South Africa, Pakistan, Afghanistan, or Pakistan, New Zealand semi-finals, it's just going to uh, be so funny. Australia's not out of it yet. It just it depends. No, whether, no. It, but but of course, if England throw the game against South Africa, then uh, if they get South Africa in there. Kimber had a really interesting thing about um, training for T Twenty cricket and how. Like they were talking about, 
you know, the running between wickets and, you know, good, good, good runners between wickets should be able to do it in basically five and a half seconds. You should be able to run a two in five and a half seconds. Um, and, you know, so they basically look at shot profiles and look where you hit shots. And it's like, if you hit a shot to here, you know that that can't be fielded and returned in six seconds. So that's two, you know, because you've done the training to be able to run sub six or sub 5.5 up and back sort of thing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's funny how test cricket is the serious one, yet all the analytics and all the sports science is going into T20. Because of, um, because it's all being paid yeah, for by private industry instead of by national yeah. um, national bodies who, who, you know, aren't innovative. Mm. Well, evidently Queensland Cricket just did a big study on uh, batsmen and how – far they run and what sort of uh like you know what level of sprinting they do in a first class game versus a big bash game to try and tailor um different types of training schedules for different times of the year so you know if you're doing first class cricket you're almost doing more like cross country running because you know you might run if you're in the field and for half a day and then and then opening the batting and running lots of twos and threes you might be doing 10, 11 K in a day. So you've got to, you know, you've almost got to have that middle distance runner physique to be able to do that grinding long running. Whereas if, you know, in a T20 game, you might run three K, but it's all at that top pace. You know, you're basically doing interval sprinting all night. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a real, really like all his podcasts are interesting. Yeah. The, the dude never, the, 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 when he, when he puts his mind on a topic. You've got that side of the Australian you know, the Australian view on T20. And then you've got Malcolm mm. Conn, who was recommending Big Bash League players based on their test averages. <laughs> Saying, Tim Payne, you know, he averaged 40. He'll be great for the Big Bash League. Oh, and you think, this kind of makes Steve War's point for us about, you know, he was making the point that, you know, Australia's Australian cricket's mindset and structure needs to, needs to be looked at around T20 because – it's not a it's not a code that's been taken seriously, and we're going to fall a very long way behind the rest of the world. And it's because mm. of the you know oh he's he's averaging well in tests, throw him into T twenty. That inc- incredibly unscientific approach is exactly the problem they've got. I mean, he said that the country with well, the most resources and the most interest and and the most and the biggest league and all the rest of them are going at us backwards in the first round. So in the in the what is it, the round of the round of twelve, the Super Twelves. Well, I remember well, when Super Twelve involved of- the New South Wales Waratahs and the and the, <laughs> yeah. and the, the Kate Stormers Reds. or something or other. Um, well, there was a, a very interesting thing about how, like, all these players, and, and there was a spinner for New Zealand who's played like you know just about every T Twenty league everywhere, and and same with the guy that's opening for you. Like, he's played it in every different conditions against all these different players. And the thing is with those Indian players, they play the IPL and that's all they're allowed to play in T20. Yeah. You know, but, so but, you but have they've played a, s- a couple of IPLs on these decks. So that shouldn't be a problem. True. There's been I, there's been at least two IPLs that have been played in, in the Dubai Sharjah orbit. So it's kind mm. of – and they've literally just finished an IPL on these decks. So they've literally yeah. got no excuse apart from just feeling a bit knackered and over it. Mm. Oh, this was this point was more like y- you get a much narrower band of types of players, and because you get you just get some wonky shit basically with all the different players you get in a World Cup. Whereas, oh my god, an that's IPL the wonky is- shit. 
<laughs> well, there's the drop for uh for the, for the end of the show. Throwing shapes. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've 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 been sucked in. I've been sucked into cricket once again. Once again, I'm like, ah, oh, this this doesn't seem that interesting. And it's like, go Pakistan, go. And I did like all the every every cricket journalist tweeting the joke that the ICC had uh, met overnight, and there was now quarterfinals for the T20 World Cup. Yes, it's funny because the first time I read it, like one popped up on my phone, and I was also like, oh, somehow the shit. New Zealand game was a tie, and and has been given to India on a countback. Mm. Like I read that the first time I read that, I was like, oh yeah, that's something the ICC would do. Like I actually believed that it had happened. To- yeah. Uh, which says more about the ICC than I would like to. It does. But, you know, you could always play better cricket. Mm. That, that's an option that's available to you. Oh, it, it's not a very nice story, but there's this, this, this blow-up in terms of uh, Yorkshire cricket's treatment of this young, mm. um, what they call Asian uh, over in that part of the world. But by Asian, they mean what we would say, India, the subcontinent, you know. Sri Lanka. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but young Asian player who um, was apparently uh, very troubled by the racist treatment that he got while he was there. Um, and that's very bad, obviously. But um, the Australian subject to that is that um, Dizzy Gillespie was the coach of Yorkshire for part of that period. And I wonder if any of this shit's going to stick to him because um, he always looks like he's going to be the next ca- the best candidate for an intelligent, analytically focused, um, likable Australian coach. And... Um, I hope he wasn't involved, and I hope not, uh, this shit doesn't stick to him. But um, I'm, I'm, that's that's sort of that's where my brain went. Yeah, it's, who who was it this week that basically said, you, you know, uh, was it Gillespie that came out and said that coaches should absolutely not have first class experiences that as their, um, you know, as a basis for employing them. That that you know, some of the best coaches he'd worked with was. Were were not, um, you know, not first class cricketers, and and it was the other interesting thing that came out of that Kimber podcast was evidently the most unpopular coach in world cricket at the moment is this guy that's that's just teaching power hitting, that's basically taking baseball power hitting techniques into cricket. He's just, he's just you know, uh, like, teaching contact. Yeah, like, is he unpopular? You know, or is he just head. is he just controversial amongst the um, the other the coaching fraternity? I think a bit of both because he's getting quite a bit of um, he's getting quite a bit of media, I guess, and, and attention. And they're all saying, "Well, you know, he's not teaching the forward defence. You know, he's not really a cricket coach." And it's like, uh, yeah, he's 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 a he is a cricket coach. He's just a very narrow skilled cricket yeah. coach. You know, he's he's t- he's specialising in one skill. And then theoretically, if you were a good player and you wanted to get better. You would go to someone else to learn how you know. You would go and see Ricky Ponting if you wanted to learn to nibble it around the field and and think about where all the fielders were. Yeah, you go um, and see Glenn Maxwell if you want to be taught how to leave a ball and off stump. Um, but that's the same <laughs> in football. I mean, you have goalkeeping coaches, you have throwing coaches, you have you know the specialty. There's there's set piece coaches. These things have come into the game, and there's all the kind of old football men saying, "Oh, the game's gone. What do you need that for?" Because you need to you need mm. to pursue every fucking edge you can. Yeah. Well, there was that amazing, you know, like um, NBA teams run side out of bounds plays, you know, yeah, like which is as close a, to a, a which is close to a dead ball situation as you get as you get in football. Yeah, um, but um, the Mavs had Bowman defending the side out of bounds play, and 
the poor Spurs guy's like, it's like trying to look around a brick wall. He's yeah. like, couldn't even see his teammate. <laughs> and like the ref gave him like another good four or five seconds after the yeah, deal that he should have. He's like, I, supposed to have. I understand the issue that you've got in front of you. You have, a, you have a Ron Weck uh, fucking sculpture in front of you. One and a half time yeah. scale model of a human. Uh dear. I, I, I still love him. I just I just I I would I would like to see him have a bigger role, but I understand why he uh, he'll probably play like ten or twelve years in the NBA and, and average like seven minutes a game. Yeah, I think his role is exactly what it should be because I don't think it's capable yeah. he's capable of it being any larger. But uh well, like he t- he tore the Spurs up, and and I think he played like six minutes straight, and then was just gassed. Yeah. And it's like, well, but he's a very specific matchup problem for a very specific sort yeah. of team. Yeah, and he's good to have for that. Yeah, you know, for that reason. And like, he's clearly a, you know, he's he might- clearly a vibes guy, and he's clearly a locker room yeah. guy, and he you know, and he's clearly excellent for social media content and a lot of other things. So, absolutely, mm. um, you know, he's just the kind of guy you need to keep around. Assisting from right, Chris Paul, who is the sort of guy you don't want to keep around because everywhere he goes, around. the owner does racisms. <laughs> Poor old Chris Paul. Uh, the other thing I just wanted to mention is that uh, Crankworks Road of Ruhr is on. Yes. I'm not and really actually, sure uh, how, but apparently it is. And they're all here. And uh, Seminuck was the first rider to win three rampages in a row. Um and the, the interesting thing with his ride at, at Rampage was he, like, so I think, uh, I'm, I'm not a technical slope style guy, but I think the the bit that comes up off the off the cranks, off the front cranks of the bike, you either have a, a double stem on those big, heavy downhill bikes, you know, to take the punishment, yeah. or you have a single stem, which is more the slope style stuff, which lets you do more tricks, but... You know, it's a lot harder to ride because you know you do those big drops and you're you're the body's taking the punishment that the bike's not taking. So it's very very hard to to ride a, a single stem bike on the on the big hills. And so yeah, when I got up for for um uh, for rampage, every, like they were all talking about, you know, oh, Seminux riding a single stem. You know, this could be really interesting. He's going to do these massive tricks off a big hill. First run. Just stacks it, absolutely stacks it, and everyone's like, "Well, maybe you shouldn't have been riding a riding riding this lifestyle bike on a on a on a big downhill thing." And then just absolutely does a Seminuck, nailing the second run, wipes everybody off the map. Um, and he knew it too. He crossed the line, and he was just so stoked, you know, that he managed to to, to bring this little light bike down a, a massive hill. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Is is New Zealand open for? For everyone to no, just rock up? No, it's not open in any way. I mean, it's not going to be even open to Australia until early next year. So I don't know how Man. the fuck they got it. I mean, it's been open for things like cricketers to come over on tours if they do two weeks in a horrible fucking hotel in Christchurch sort of stuff. But, um, yeah. And yeah. I wouldn't think that a whole bunch of riders could afford to be sitting in a hotel room for two weeks. So. Well, it's I saw the, the downhill was almost inc- exclusively – New Zealanders and Australians, and I suspect the Australians were New Zealand-based anyway. Um, ah, so I'll be interested okay. to see what the field is for the actual slope style. I'll be amazed yeah. if it's any other world. The, the, the Europeans or the yeah. Canadians. Yeah, because it's just not – there's just not enough 
top riders from Australia and New Zealand to warrant having it, I guess. Well, they probably need an event to fulfil their broadcasting contract with Red Bull TV and whoever else is taking it. So, Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, the downhill was today. Cool. The uh, slope style is on Sunday morning New Zealand time, so probably mid kind of midday uh, or a bit later than that uh, Australian time. So uh, bicycles, flying down hills in Rotorua. Mm-hmm. The world is healing. It is, although um, I've got a horrible feeling that part of the country is going to go go into a, a, a elevated state of lockdown fairly soon So as, as COVID uh, sort of bleeds its way down down the North Island. North Island, yeah, okay. Uh, all right, Doc, let's, should we come back and talk some tunes? Let's do that. It's more positive than talking about fucking Rona. At least we haven't submitted any fake fucking uh, vaccine exemption paperwork like David Reynolds or, uh, or, uh, or just got homeopathic bullshit and tried to claim that was being immunised like been, Aaron Rodgers. I've been – what did he, What was the What was the thing that he – the wording that he – No, I said, have you vaccinated? He said, I've yeah, been I've been Im- immunised. And what he did is he has some bullshit fucking homeopathic thing that his, that his idiot partner had, 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 uh, had shown him. Prescribed. Yeah, it was like, yeah, diluting something till it doesn't exist is not fucking active, my guy. He's mm. really, he's really, I mean, everyone thought he was, you know, he always cultivated this at this reputation of being this sort of cool dude and this, this deep thinker and all this sort of stuff. It turns out he's a fucking moron and he, his brain got eaten by the internet. <laughs> Which, to be fair, there's probably a few of those around. Well, Curry Irving. And as I said, David Reynolds, V8 supercar guy, who's, uh, who doesn't get to drive in Sydney um, because uh, he's um, he, he cooked up some bizarre exemption that he claimed would, would get him out of it, and it turned out it wasn't wasn't thing. So he's had to go off and add the fucking shot after all. Uh, so he's he might be cleared for Bathurst, but uh, this this couple of weeks in a row that they're in Sydney, he's uh, he's uh, not going to be there for. So I'm sure his sponsors are thrilled. Hmm. Cool. All right, Doc. I'm going to go get a whiskey, um, and I'll be back. I'm going to go get a beer, and I'm going to stop trying to stop my brain from getting eaten by the internet. I'll s- <laughs> we'll see you next week, folks. See ya. Oh my God, <laughs>